Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford, and I'm coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it is a great privilege, once again, and as always, to be able to reach out to my congregation here in Dallas and to also greet and welcome our extended network family from many places listening around the world. Welcome. And we are somewhat in a reflective period after having enjoyed a very fruitful spring seminar that was hosted here in Dallas um, for the Saints Network. This occurred last week, and I am so very grateful for the things that God did and for the fact that he watched over us um, normally in times where the, uh, the pre-COVID restrictions, we would have simply been dedicating this broadcast or this meeting time to expressing uh, thanks and giving testimony concerning the many things that God accomplished during the seminar. And we have been receiving a lot of testimonies from people in-house and from those who were joining in uh, across the world. Um, I, I read several testimonies that were forwarded to me today from uh, Dennis and Tammy Stewart, who head our prophetic presbytery ministries here at the church, concerning how easily the Zoom prophecies that were offered for uh, those who registered and signed up, uh, how, how wonderfully they flowed, and the collection of teams that were not just based here in Dallas, but throughout the Saints Network and the many people from so many different countries that were recipients uh, and contributors. Uh, it's just a miracle. It's an amazing thing how God is able to do that. And um, since our theme for the seminar was called The Prophet, it was fitting that the Lord would shower his blessing upon the times of... Uh, personal prophetic ministry. <clears throat> so, But in so many other ways, the Lord blessed, and we are extremely, extremely thankful. Now, as I announced on this past Sunday, we do currently have the sessions available for, um, for review on our website, and um, we will keep them up there for another couple of weeks, but then they will be removed from the, the window pages of our website and will be kept in archive, which can still be accessed, but um, it won't be just as easy as going on the website, clicking and listening or watching. So those of you who want to continue to enjoy the sessions, uh, don't don't start making plans for um, uh, July 4th 
to sit down and watch a couple of them off the website. They're not going to be up there. And when they're removed, don't go into 911 fury trying to figure out where they are. I'm telling you, they're up right now. They won't be up there for longer than two weeks. I would definitely say <clears throat> that by the first part of April, we will transition them off because our view is that the website is not a library. The, web, the website is a functional service tool for our network, as well as, to some degree, a window into uh, the ministry that God has given us. And so um, we're going to keep the website streamlined, and we'll continue to develop some new things. Some are in the works right now. But we will continue to try to expand that footprint. But keeping it as a library is not our objective. So don't expect that to be there. So I would just say if you, if you want to catch up or re-listen re uh, and you want the ease of simply accessing the website, go for it. But do it before too long. I, again... I don't have an actual date when we'll make this transition. I would think two more weeks, which would sometime put us uh, in the very early part of April. So there you have it. But we do give thanks for what God allowed us to enjoy. Uh, I'm very thankful to be able to have this at all. Um, the The past year has been... I can say challenging, but life is a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> we always need to be overcoming, trusting and at peace and enjoying the presence of the Lord, but overcoming. The older I get, the more I recognize that that is a key to life. And you, you, trust, you trust God and you enjoy him but you stay in that process of, of overcoming. Uh, anybody who teaches you that faith removes, totally removes the necessity to overcome is lying to you. Um, faith is an active living thing. It is based upon you spending time with God and gaining a partnership with him. Faith in the Old Testament, belief, simply formed from the word that means the right hand. You can check it out for yourself. It's very easy to see. And so when Jesus is ascended to the Father and he is seated at the right hand, basically he's telling us that as the chief intercessor, we must come boldly before that throne of grace in order to engage in partnership with God. And um, we, we, uh, we commune with the divine plan there, and we move forward on behalf of that. Um, and that's what faith is. But it is overcoming. Um, faith doesn't just stand still. Faith without some working... Um, some working progression is dead. 
And it's not of our works, lest any man should boast, but it is works. It is the work of the ministry. Uh, if you're not, you can't say, oh, yes, I'm operating on behalf of the right hand of God. I'm, I'm partnering with God. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just waiting for the rapture and just forming my opinions and all the nonsense that's going around in the world. I'm not doing anything because it's all done. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's saying, I've done everything I'm going to do. I'm just waiting for the Father to say, blow the horn, son, bring my people home. Yeah, that's what too many Christians think. But we are active partners as intercessors with God. And faith is functional because it's a partnership with God. We're hearing from him concerning what he wants to accomplish in grace, and we move forward uh, as God directs. That's what faith is. And it's, it's not, faith is not designed to, to simply access provision and to eliminate the potential of challenge. Faith is a partnership and it it grows in grace but it's active and so faith without some measure of activity is not really faith it's dead and I am so grateful for the privilege of being able to walk with God in this way so and I know you are too so we have spent many different sessions viewing what the prophet and the prophetic mindset really is. And we also recognized that one of the, one of the primary, according to the scripture, one of the primary challenges that will be present in the time of the end is an entity and a mindset known as the false prophet. And I think that we are seeing not only the groundwork for the false prophet, but we're seeing functional manifestations of the false prophet as it grows in a burgeoning way throughout our society and throughout the world. And you know, everything we've learned about what the true prophetic is, dying to self, um, being willing to accept what God wants as opposed to our own uh, agenda. And on the other hand, you see people who aren't dying to self. Self is rising up and wanting everything self can get. It doesn't matter what it costs anybody else. We want we want. It's about me. It's about mine. And that is the essence of false prophet. And with that, then you have to have some point of dying says that everything I am, I lay down. The false prophet says, everything you are, I deconstruct. I'm going to rewrite the viewpoint of society in my own thinking, whether it's true or not. And I'm going to call it truth. 
and I'm going to make this my foundation. So you see across our country, children being taught to hate America. That's an agenda in school systems now. That's not some conspiracy theory. It's, it's there. It's very clearly there. You won't hear it reported on CNN, but it's there. You see uh, people who uh, are blaming all of their problems on, uh, on race when for the majority of my life, I, I grew up through the, um, uh, through the 60s and the 70s and the equal rights uh, movement and um, so many strides forward. It's like that's thrown out the window now. And you can just take things that were said in past days, which were horrible, racist, things about the Jews, things about African-Americans, things about the Eastern Europeans, things about, you know, and, and they would say, oh, those people, are, what do you mean those people? All those people are this way. Now, it's white people that are so terrible. I mean, it's just horrible. And, you know, one of the thing, one of the blessings of having Joe Biden elected is that from one old white guy to an, to an older white guy, I can talk about his policies and not immediately be branded as a racist. And, and um, uh, but, but our society is in trouble. It really is. And, you know, like you see, um, you see any kind of, of uh, disintegration of society in like when uh, the Bolsheviks took over in Russia or when uh, the Chinese rose after World War II to form the communist uh, regime uh, to Pol Pot and to many others, many other examples. You find very similar um, you find very similar scenarios and uh, agenda as you do by seeing what the enemy's trying to do in our country and in Western society. You know, you even look back in, in the history of uh, Europe in World War II, you had, you had um, a people in Germany who felt that they were wronged. And in a lot of ways they were. The Treaty of Versailles after World War I was so lopsided. It was vindictive. But be that as it may, it created a climate of, you know, we're downcast and we're, we've got to rise. And then the socialist movement and the National Socialists and Hitler, they tried to rise, but they were thrown down. They tried, they were thrown down. And then you had... Um, uh, Hitler writing his manifesto, manifesto, Mein Kampf, My Struggle, which is still in print today. And, you know, you have, tell me how many My Struggles you have being written, whether it's critical race theory or whatever it is, across our country right now, based upon things that are, that are engendered to create disruption and to advocate for uh, revolution. Then you had um, the um, the crash of Wall Street, the stock market, and the Great Depression that came. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to point a bad picture. I'm just trying to say, how many similarities do we see right now, you know, to, to those principles of absolute anarchy being brought into to people? Um, our country cannot keep just printing cash like it grows on um, solar panels. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, we can't just keep doling out trillions of dollars and think that putting a tax on people who, who make over $400,000 is going to pay for it all. You know, at some point, the bill comes due. And, and I'm very, if history tells us anything, economic systems can't survive that for too long. And there will be a reckoning day. When that comes, I don't know. Do I want that to happen? No, I don't. I don't, especially as somebody that is not retiring. I'm not retiring. But you build your life and your finances to prepare for that. I don't want that to all go away. And I know what Jesus said about, you know, don't lay up your treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt or thieves break through and steal. I believe that. And I've not been doing that. But then again, you know, you have to, you have to care for the needs of your own house. And so I think anybody with half a brain is trying to put something away for a time where it might be needed without hoarding, without being a miser, uh, without not trusting God. It's just wise. But so I don't want there to be a crash, but you see that same type of of scenario with with every kind of of takeover. And we're heading toward but for the grace of God, we're heading toward that possible scenario. Um, and then you see, like for with Hitler, you see him rising in power um, where there is ob obviously a divided um, uh, government. And you've got a figurehead, Hindenburg, who is old as dirt, and he doesn't really know what's going on. He's operating on, on, um, on past glory and past generations. But really what was going on in the country was almost out of his control. Now, forgive me for laying that ball up there to the net and not spiking it. But, you know, we, we currently have a scenario where if anybody is being honest, you wonder who's really running the country. Uh, you see an older man who, and nothing wrong with being old, but he, he seems to close up shop at about 1.15 in the afternoon every day. We don't have any press conferences where there's any ability to, to ask any definitive questions. You've got a bunch of yes people around him. You've got fiat orders that are running the country. You have deniability of things that everybody who wants to see can see from the border to whatever you may be looking at. And it's really a, a strange thing. You've got a communist system in Anchorage meeting with our State Department just basically telling us off on our soil. 
You've got the Russian president who's who's openly mocking our leader and challenging him to debates um, because they see weakness. They see blood in the water. And I'm not trying to paint a black, a dark picture here, which I probably am. But what I'm saying is, if you at all are a student of history and you understand principles that play out over and over again, the enemy uh, has is is rolling out the playbook here. And the agenda for him now is not just to have another civilization rise and fall. The agenda for him is to implement this scenario that the Bible warns us about for the time of the end and to, he thinks, regardless of what the Bible says is the end result of that, he really thinks that if he implements these things, he will win. So you see a false prophet. You see, uh, you see uh, deconstruction. You see disaffection. You see uh, words from people who, uh, many of them who are multimillionaires many times over, who are just doing everything they can to destroy the country and to make people hate the United States, what it stands for, to eliminate faith in God, to, uh, to disparage people groups uh, openly. And it's kind of like reverse Jim Crow. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And we could become really not only cynical, but angry. And, you know, a concern I have, and I'm not advocating for this, that is you, if you push people too far for too long, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That is a law of physics. And I pray that God will intervene, that we will have, we are going to have a visitation of his spirit. But what that format is going to be uh, to entail, I don't know. I, it may not be what in our fanciful notions we think it's going to be. So we just need to continue to be in prayer. And it brings us to our topic today, which is found in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. How do you pray for leadership when you don't really agree with a lot of what the leadership is proposing? And even if some of that leadership proposal is openly anti-Scripture, how, how do you pray for that? It's easy to pray for the leaders when you're in agreement with their political agenda. I, I, I can recall the past four years when we would say we need to pray for the president. Why? Well, because I never in my life or in reading about his, history of this country, I know 
that the media was merciless with Abraham Lincoln. I know that there were lots of things that came against lots of different presidents. But I've never seen anything like what went on over the past four years. Relentless, like a pack of wolves. I don't know where those wolves went. I think they all went back into their caves to sleep because you don't hear from them now. And, it's, and it ain't because there's no, uh, there's no easy marks in the valley. we got herds of easy marks in the valley. These wolves have become sheepdogs. But anyway, um, it's easy to pray when you see, you know, a leader that is wanting to strengthen the bonds with, with Israel. It's easy to pray when, you know, there's a leader that's talking about religious liberties and um, standing behind churches. It's easy to pray there, e even if you're, you've drunk the Kool-Aid of, of far progressive leftist ideas. I mean, if you just boil down to a moment when the mics are off and you don't have to show your wokeness, you would have to have agreed with some of those things. So it's easy to pray for that when you think, yeah. But when the agenda you know of, very little of it, is in any way in keeping with what you believe the country should be doing, how do you pray? And so when Timothy said, when Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I want to do what's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, don't you? So the beauty of this is that if we have truly put into knowledgeable practice, informed practice, what these specific words mean, where it says basically supplication, insight from God as a part of that supplication, seizing on the moments that the Spirit brings and brings to your attention and highlights them, all for the purpose of the overall measure of the, um, the directives of grace from the throne. It's easy when you understand those terms that you are not necessarily a, a, um, supporting a political party or an agenda. Those things that we just mentioned in verse 1 <coughs> are truly objective. They are impartial. There's always something that God's grace is trying to work. There's always something that a partnership with God is wanting to reveal. There's always some divine moment that the Spirit says, act on this. And um, those things are not based upon any agenda 
any human agenda. And those things are available for us regardless of who is in power at the time. So, and, and I remember praying for uh, Barack Obama when he was the president and, and specific things that would rise up. Um, sometimes the Spirit would warn me, and we put this out before the network, and I don't think anybody could consider this as racist or uh, conservative-based, but we were dangerously close to, to joining the, the side of those nations that come against Israel. Dangerously close. And we prayed that God would cause the president not to do anything that would be an affront to the sight of God in that way. And that, that the Spirit of the Lord would cause forgive us for in any way approaching what the Scripture strictly warns against. And I remember calling the network to pray about that. And uh, God did intervene. And there were other things that we prayed for. And during the last administration, yeah, you know, there were a lot of things that I was in full agreement with. There were some that I thought, God, please help the president not to shoot himself in the foot. Help him. Of course, you could see how effective my prayers were in a lot of instances. But keep him strong. Keep him healthy. Don't, don't let us make uh, decisions that are outside of what you want. And so now here we are. And this is somewhat of a strange topic for us in the days after the conclusion of a seminar. I mean, normally those are times where you reflect, where you look forward and momentum to going forward, and you are putting uh, planning in place as you intercede for the next steps, and we have a lot of them coming. So this is an odd topic for us to be addressing, but I know it's of the Lord. You know, for the past couple of days, I have been very concerned for the President of the United States. I don't know what may be potentially coming against him in the days to come. Whether, and I don't even want to put him out there in the air, but I think we need to pray that God will protect him, that God will uh, give him health and strength, revitalize him, awaken him, as it were. If he really is a Catholic individual, there are some there are some very strong measures of being a Catholic that need to be stirred within him that could take a stand for righteousness. But to me, the main thing, though, is his health right now and his physical safety. Um, you know, 
Now, some might, I know what some might be saying. Yeah, we better pray for that because what's the alternative? You know, regardless of who's running the country right now with all these uh, executive orders and fiats, where they're coming from, all the different political bases that are really guiding that ship. Um, but without him in place, who is supposed to be the duly elected leader of this country, what could really step in? Now, that's not what I'm talking about, even though that, <laughs> for anybody who, who thinks logically that is an issue. But really, I think we need to pray that God's Spirit will bless President Biden and that God will strengthen him and that God will cause him to be of right mind and right thinking and that 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 perhaps even the Lord himself would meet him. Not a false Christ, not an angel of light, but the Lord himself would, would stir him. And uh, if God can touch, um, if God can touch Darius, uh, Cyrus, and uh, that was one of the most wicked kings that society has ever experienced. God can certainly um, do something today and turn this thing. But I, I think we need to, we need to pray in the spirit. We, we need not be vindictive. We, we really have to prophetically die to self and hear whatever the Spirit would want to say. And we, we need to seize the moment. But I think we need to take authority over the enemy agenda. And the objective is that we're obeying what God says, but we want to lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. See, the enemy always tries to change the times. He always, he always tries. Daniel warned about that. If the enemy can get something to be premature, he will, because that can be destructive in many ways. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's time for the eschatological page to turn to where it's just full-blown beast, false prophet, and antichrist, even though we can see the, the growing establishment of, of society being willing to accept that. But I, I don't think it's time yet for that. Uh, the enemy would like to make it time for that. And I think COVID had its had its effect to some degree in, in the enemy's attempt to slow down the momentum of the, the ministry of the saints and the spread throughout the world. What is our reaction? As saints, we stand firm. We stand strong in belief. And we are at the ready for, you know, how the enemy came in one way when God says enough and the enemy has to flee while the seven ways of, of, the, of, the, of the truth of God go forward. That's what we need to be anticipating. That's what we need to be preparing for. 
And we need to let that hope, that joy set before us be our motivation right now. And um, but, but the enemy would like to corrupt that and hamstring it. And so we have to maintain our focus as saints, as sons of the Most High God, and what we're to be at and through the right hand of, of the Father, which is the essence of faith. Um, and we need, to, we need to go before our Father in supplication prayer. We need to sense what the Spirit is saying. We need to speak blessing over the current leader of our country. And we need to pray proactively for him. Don't anybody be releasing um, white witchcraft curses and declarations against him. I mean, gee whiz, it's, we don't need that. We, don't, we should not be the bearer of that. We need to be very careful to, to, um, to be saints and pray for those that have authority. God can intervene here, and God can stir up the, the move of his spirit across this country. See, what are, what are we praying for anyway? Do we really think that in the timetable of God, the United States is going to become some revival meeting? Do we really think that in light of what we see the scripture says is coming? You know, I see the, the collection of scriptures that darkness is upon the earth, gross darkness the people, and from that the light of the Lord shines. We need to focus on the light. Um, even after the time of the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, when Satan is released for a brief time uh, from the restrictions God puts on him, the Bible says that the people of the world will follow him as the sands of the sea, and they'll come against the saints. That's in the Bible. You ought to read it sometime. So we're never going to, by our own strength, first of all, change what God says is going to happen in the Word, and secondly, bring about some kind of a... Um, Holy Ghost hoedown from sea to shining sea. That it's, that's not going to happen. But the Spirit of the Lord can visit. And the Spirit of the Lord can touch um, people and change them and raise up mighty ones for the kingdom. Voices of, of, uh, of testimony. And, you know, that's, that's miracle ground. And but we, we certainly, we need to believe that what God has ordained in his word will happen. And we need to be a functional partner with him in the stages of that as we pray. And we need to honor what God has put forward as our responsibility toward the leader in our country. And as opposed to four years ago when you had a lot of, I won't classify what they were, who were running around saying, not my president. 
Well, you can say that all day long, but there was a president in this country, just as there is now, whether you believe that Joe Biden is your president or not, the fact remains that he is the president, even in some ways in name only. So we need to pray for him. We need to come before the Lord, not curse him, but bless him. We need to ask that the Spirit of the Lord will visit him and that God will do something in the man and that it will be in accordance with what God wants to do. This idea of having a doddering guy that you don't ever hear from who is slurring his speech and falling downstairs and you know, I, I, I gain no comfort in any of that. I don't wish that upon anyone. And we need him to be, uh, we need him to be what God wants him to be. And we as Christians need to be blessing him. That doesn't mean you're in favor of ungodly um, edicts. But we need to do what the Scripture says, which is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now, you say, well, the other side's not that way. Whatever other side that may be for you. Oh, I, I can remember when the press was merciless against Gerald Ford. Saturday Night Live, uh, Chevy Chase made a career out of mocking clumsiness there. I remember when George Bush, the younger, was in office. He lives not very far from here. And how the press relentlessly called him a buffoon and called him uh, a person that was ignorant and just even made movies about that during the time he was president. I didn't like that then. And I sure didn't like what, you know, the, the standpoint of the leftist media that that is openly advocating for something that is largely not scriptural. And so I don't like that. But our job as Christians is not to knee-jerk the opposite way or to, or to fight fire with fire. Well, we, maybe we do fight their fire with the fire of the Holy Spirit. But it's not going to do any of us good to act like false prophets, loosing curses against someone who occupies the highest office in the land. So if we prayed for other administrations when it seemed favorable for whatever agenda you may have, it's important that we pray now for the person holding the office of president that God would visit him and bless him, protect him, keep him strong and well. And, you know, again, it's not just because if he were to be gone, what, what comes next? Oh, dear God, help us. That's not our motive. It's for the blessing of the country. And it's for, um, for God to really do something special 
when a lot of this country aren't expecting anything at all. Yeah, I see lots of things in our land that I don't agree with. You know, it's one thing for people who live up north to be lecturing us in the south about what um, what we should be doing at the border. Um, I hope I hope the same schlop you were dishing out a few years ago about kids in cages and all kinds of other things that you said. I I hope you still have. Are you sending money down here to help the border of Texas to take care of these thousands that are here? And regardless of what Mallorca said on Sunday, the border is not closed. You can go right downtown here and find about five, six hundred kids that were bussed up here from the border. So somehow the closed border has leaked them. They're being flown up into Montana and Wyoming and other places. So I hope your bleeding heart viewpoint is still open because it's worse now than it was when you were mocking the man who was in charge. You see, we've got to not be, see, we can see things like that and we can comment on them because we're not ignorant. But when it comes to us as saints being in prayer, that's part of what dying to self is. You know, when, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is at that time much more of a democratic stronghold than it is now. And uh, my father was union, and um, I was in the union for one year during college, steelworkers union. And so I understand the mentality there. I, I understand that viewpoint. Um, but understanding where you're living and what the mentality is does not mean that you don't have opinions about it. And the issue for us as prophets and as saints is that even though we know these things, we have to lay them down when we come before the throne of God. We need to die to self when we come before the throne of God. And when we then hear, Father, what is it that you're wanting to do in this hour? I've got a lot of opinions about what's going on. And I hope that many of them are right and not just me being crotchety. But, God, what is your agenda? Oh, you want me to continue to partner with you in grace is my objective. You want me to be sensitive to hear what you say as opposed, as opposed to what commentators on my favorite podcast say. What is it that you're wanting me to pray? How do you want me to bless this one that's in authority? How do you want me to seize the moment and speak blessing? Because the ultimate agenda is your agenda. This is acceptable in your sight, God. That's what the scripture says. I want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So I'm going to pray, not my will, but yours be done. And I, I'm, I'm going to die to self, die to my ideology, die to my concept of what's right and wrong, die to my opinions concerning egregious things that should be obvious to everybody. 
I've got to die to all of that when I come before the throne. And I need to hear what you're wanting to accomplish. Do you know how difficult it must have been for, must have been for Daniel to serve as the chief president in that country that was basically a country devoted? You want to talk about ecumenicalism, which is basically the and and the yes? That country was. Any any nation or civilization that was conquered by that king, their viewpoints were assimilated in, which is why, in some ways, uh, the people of, of uh, Israel were able, even though they were captives, to continue to have priests and to do that kind of, uh, the, the, the kind of things that, to the most part, Leviticus mandates. Um, if there ever was a multiculturalism, it was then, but it was highly demonic, just like it is now. You know how difficult it was for Daniel to go and serve that guy? How did he do it? He prayed. He kept his focus three times a day. He prayed on behalf of what God's promise was. And the enemy attacked that. Tried to kill him for it. But he kept his focus. And the angels came at the directive of God and uh, admonished him as to the vitality of his intercessory ministry on world events and what was coming. See, that's what we have to pray. Well, we are in this world, but not of this world. We're citizens of another kingdom, the kingdom of God. And we need to be praying on behalf of God's agenda and what's happening in the spirit realm. And um, yes, we need to be kind-hearted and we need to be uh, obedient to reach out to people on this earth and help them when we can. But, oh, maybe I should say and, we need to make our priority, serving God. And so we need to lay down things and pray, keep our eyes focused on what God's agenda is in grace, and we need to bless the leader of this country. We need to be sensitive, especially in these days. Again, I felt a very strong warning about this. And I don't know what I don't know what the enemy agenda might be, but we need to block it. And we need to speak blessing over Joe Biden. And we need to ask that God would, would meet him and not let go. And we, we should pray that his, his abilities to process and to think would be sharpened and um, uh, I, I know that that is a word from the Lord for us. Now, we were originally going to loose this as a prophetic um, assignment, and we were going to do it this coming Sunday, but I just felt such an urgency that we need to, we need to do this now. And so, let's be a people of prayer and let's be saints, knowledgeable intercessors, waiting on the Holy Spirit to 
illumine our thinking concerning what our agenda should be in God. And I believe that as we do this, God is, is going to use us. And that's really what we want, to be used of God. So, Heavenly Father, I ask you that you will guide your saints. And I ask that you would, I speak blessing over President Biden. And I ask you, Father, that you would visit him, that you would strengthen him, that you would protect him, that you would keep him healthy and well, and that there would be truly not a wokeness, but a divine awakening. And may you who have brought him to this point in his long life fulfill why you allowed him to be in this office. But watch over him. We come against any assignment the enemy would have. And um, we speak good and not evil, but that the will of God would be done. And Help us as saints to grow through this process so that we would be more effective in our service to you and in our partnership with you. And we thank you for this, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now, I know that many of you listen from uh, other countries, and I apologize to you that I took this moment to speak to the United States, but the principles that I put forward apply to you as well, because this is our world. These principles are functioning in your land as well, and you need to be praying before the throne of God. You need to be seeking God for his directives. You need to be speaking life and vitality over the leaders of your country, whether you like them or not. And I can tell you, in some countries, I know enough about who you are and what those leaders are doing that you don't like them. But pray, because it doesn't matter whether we want to do it or not, doesn't matter whether we like it or not, we've got to die to self that we might serve the Lord. And uh, we're, we're praying for all of you. So, may God bless you. Thank you for joining today. Let's be in prayer, and let's look forward to the next time when we can all be together. Until then, God bless, and goodbye.